New Testament to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, and we're going to read one verse, verse number 11. We've been in somewhat of a series, part messages, part Bible study, maybe you might call it, on growing beyond, and just some basic, simple messages. Uh, as we get to know each other, this is what the Lord laid upon our heart um, to begin with, and we've been in here now, I don't know, six, eight weeks, I guess, and I'll probably be wrapping this up in just a few weeks, but been covering some basic things that if we are going to grow together as a church, we must grow beyond and uh, some things you're not going to get around or get beyond, you're going to have to grow beyond. And we've looked at a lot of different things, from difficulty to growing beyond self and uh, life itself. Life can get busy. And tonight we're going to look at one that plagues all of us if we're not careful and uh, has a direct effect on our life and our life to come. So this is something we need to get if we're going to grow together. First Corinthians 13, verse number 11. Just remain seated tonight. If you don't mind, we're going to jump right into this. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says here, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm going to read that one more time. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now let's Let's pray and let's open our hearts and ask God to give us what we need. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for always giving us something to preach. And I'm thankful for the message that you've sent. I pray that you would help us to preach, give us grace as we preach what you've given us. And Lord, I pray you would do what only you can in the hearts and lives of all of us that are here. Lord, we even be with those that weren't able to make it but are watching. Lord, tonight, I pray you'd stir hearts as we try to grow beyond some things, as we try to grow together as, uh, as a church. And Lord, that you'd ultimately be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this morning, we, we uh, hit on something momentarily about uh, in oftentimes dealing with people. If we're going to help people, we've got to help people at the root of their problem. We're going to kind of pick back up on that just for a, a moment tonight. And I mentioned to you about not feeling well when I woke up and how a Kleenex will help treat a symptom, but a Kleenex will not get rid of whatever, you know, might be lurking there in your body. Just as a Band-Aid will not heal a cut, but a Band-Aid will help it and kind of help with the symptoms of what's going on there. And as we look at people, as we look at growing people, and as we look at reaching people, we've got to make sure that we always target the problems that people have and the root problems of what people have. And so often today, people are experiences outcome, or experiencing outcomes in their life that are very much unfavorable. Uh, I hate to see a teenager go off in rebellion. I hate to see marriages end up in divorce. I hate to see good churches go downhill. Now, those are the outcomes. And we do not like the outcomes, but oftentimes it's at the outcome that we begin to realize what the original problem was, but it's too late. And so what we've got to do is trace down to the root of the problem long before it gets to the outcome. So simply, here's how it works. We have outcomes that were created by actions, and actions got their birth from thoughts. So you think about that, every outcome that we've had in our life and the end game of where we, we reach as a, a choice, as a, the outcome of our decisions came from an action, but that action was first a thought. And if we're going to change outcomes in our lives and in outcomes in other people's lives, we must change the actions. In order to change the actions, we've got to go to the root of the action, which is really a thought. That's where it all begins, up here in, in our mind. 
And in verse number 11, Paul begins to speak about that. When I was a child, I spake as a child. And notice what he says, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Oftentimes, the end product of what we end up with in our life, the outcome of our life, is really just a reflection of a collection of thought processes. And if you're not thinking straight, you're going to end up with an outcome that's not straight. And folks, tonight, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life I don't think straight as a Christian. I have to go back to the Word of God and allow God to change my mind. We allow God to change our mind. We're allowing God to change the outcome of our actions. And one thing I believe tonight we need to do as Christians is we need to grow beyond our thoughts. Key words, our thoughts. And so we're going to look at tonight growing beyond our thoughts. Because I think oftentimes the reason we end up with what we end up with is because we thought the way we thought and the way we thought was wrong. So Paul tells us in verse number 11, he gives us two or three things we'll look at tonight on how we can grow beyond our thoughts. So look down to verse number 11, and if you'll be nice and smile and amen, uh, I won't hold you over as long as I did this morning. This morning, you were kind of dry on me there a little bit, so I had to keep repeating it until I made sure you got it. So smile and amen, and I think we'll be, be all right. Verse 11, Paul says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So notice the first thing tonight, our growth determines how we think. Paul is saying here, when I was a child, I thought as a child. When I was a child, I acted like a child because I was a child. But when I became a man, I began to think differently. And folks, can I tell you tonight, when you look out in the church, you see so often people whose actions are not pleasing to God, and those actions are a simple reflection of the fact that they've not grown up in their thinking. Paul says, I acted as a child because I thought as a child, and the way that we act is a reflection of the way that we think. I believe tonight, look, if we're going to grow to become who God would have us to be, we're going to have to grow to the place where we grow beyond our thoughts and adopt his thoughts. Paul says, I put away childish things. It amazes me tonight at how elementary so many Christians are today. And we're elementary in our thinking. He said, well, how do you know you can't read our mind? Well, I can't read your mind, but I can judge your fruit. Our fruit is bearing witness that we have very elementary thinking process, and our actions and our behavior are proving that. I was remembering this afternoon when I was a kid, I was at the Sunflower Grocery Store. I don't even know if they have those anymore. Sunflower Grocery Store in Prentice. And we come up to the checkout line, and I wanted some Doritos. And, uh, you know, back when we were kids, it was a treat to get Doritos. Stuff like that, the name brand ones. You know, you get those knockoff Toms all the time. But I'm talking about the name brand, Doritos, you know, the taco flavored. And I remember I asked my can we get some Doritos? And she says, no, not today, Okay. And uh, she says, that's not on my list. And I brought just enough money to get what was on the list. And I said, Mom, just write a check. I, I just, it seems simple to me. Just write a check. Or I even told her, why not use a coupon? Just pull out a coupon. But you see, my thinking was not quite right on that, okay? Now as I've grown, I begin to realize as an adult, it doesn't work that way. Why? I've grown in my thinking, Now, folks, tonight, when you look at the church, the way that we live and the way that we act and the way that we conduct ourselves out in public is a reflection of the fact that we have not grown very much spiritually in our thought process. I want you to think about when you first got saved, and I hope that you've grown enough that this is not a scary thing, but I remember a time in my life where tithing was scary. 
What? 10%? 10%? I mean, good night. You know, as a kid, you make 20 bucks or you make 50 bucks, and I got to give 10% of it. Man, that was kind of a tough thing, but now tithing is not scary anymore. Why? I grew in my thought process. That, that doesn't bother anymore. I kind of grew up in the Lord a little bit. Now, understand, folks, tonight, our growth will determine how we think. We see someone like Job. Job went through all that he went through, and yet he kept his life even kill. Why? Because Job had grown up in his thoughts. Job's thinking was on a spiritual maturity level that so far exceeds ours. And folks, this is why it's important that we learn to grow. Because, look, let me tell you this. As a pastor, I, I can honestly say I have never been discouraged Okay, for me, discouragement is a deep, dark place that you're there for a while. I've never been there. I've been disappointed many times. But let me tell you what will disappoint a, a pastor just about as quick as anything. It is when people do not grow. Okay, when people make mistakes, we all make mistakes, and we all uh, goof up from time to time. But what breaks my heart so often is the fact that so many Christians have not grown beyond the place in their mind where they thought that was right. That they're still in that elementary age thinking level for a child of God. Folks, look, if we're going to get to the place that God would have us to go to his church, we're going to have to grow beyond our thoughts. We've got to grow beyond the way that we think now for the way that God wants us to think later because the way that we think is how we produce our actions and our actions will lead to the outcome that we want. But we'll never get the outcome that we want if we don't have the actions that we need, which first started as the thoughts that God called us to have. So look at verse 11. He says here, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. Now that word understood is very important. You see, growth affects your understanding. As you grow in the Lord, you understand things better. The word understanding basically means how you receive information. I, I, I know that uh, you know, when I was a young Christian, there were things that didn't make sense to me. There were some things that were kind of deep for me, and there were some things that may really offended me from time to time. This is what Paul was speaking of in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where he says, I fed you with milk, not meat. Why? Because you couldn't bear it, all right? As we're young Christians, we can't bear meat. It's like a, a steak. That's one of the most difficult things for a baby is they miss out on getting to eat steaks. I mean, how sad. They don't get to enjoy that, but that's more for mom and dad. But as they get older, they start to cut those teeth. And then they chew on everything. They chew on the couch. They chew on the car upholstery. I mean, they chew on everything. Why? They're cutting teeth. They're able to handle some meat. Why? Because they're growing. Folks, tonight, you can tell how much you've grown in the Lord by what you're able to receive out of the Word of God. I want to be honest with you. The majority of the church today is very shallow. I mean, we're basically on an insure diet spiritually. Something you can suck through a straw. We can't put meat out there. I mean, we might be able to smush up a spiritual Vienna sausage every once in a while, but that's about as thick as we can go with it. Why? Because we've not grown to be able to receive the Word of God as it is. We have not grown in our understanding. We don't receive what God's given us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says, The natural man receiveth not the things of God. They're spiritually discerned. We, we can't receive them. Now, folks, understand tonight, our goal is as one body of Christ here at Central Baptist Church to move forward in the will of God, but God's got to change our mind. God's got to be able to change the way that we think. We must mature in our thought process. 
Because growth determines how we think. Now think about this. He says, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. I want you to think about children tonight. I have one. I know many of you have some. And if you don't have some, somebody I'm sure would let you borrow one of theirs for a week if you need one. But you think about children tonight. I jotted down a few thoughts of, to me, what describes children so often, just on, uh, on average. Children are self-centered. Think about that. Children are self-centered. You know, when that diaper's dirty, they're going to let you know. When they're hungry, they're going to let you know. And they pretty much do not mind letting you know what they want. They're self-centered. Children are very needy. Very needy. Children have short attention spans. Children are easily offended. Children desire to be amused. Now, I want you to think about that tonight. I believe you see a lot of the church today in the mind of a child. You can tell today by the behavior of the church and by what the church can stomach and by what the church can handle that we have not grown in our thinking. We have not grown beyond our thoughts. Paul says, I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But notice what he says at the end of verse 11. When I became a man, he's saying when I grew, when I grew up, I put away childish things. What did you put away? That self-centered neediness, the short attention span that's easily offended, and that desire to be amused. Paul says, I put those things away when I became a man. Now, here's what's interesting. He says, I put them away. I don't have to have the pump and the circumstance, the show, for me to receive what God would have us to have. I read a quote by, uh, by Charles Spurgeon today. He says, a time will come. When instead of the shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. Now, that was long before 2019. But there will be a time come to where instead of shepherds feeding the sheep and giving them what they need, the church will develop into a place where we'll have clowns entertaining the goats. But look, look, I was a kid once, and I like being entertained, okay? I, I like fun, and I like going fun places and doing fun things. But as you grow up, you don't have to have that all the time. Now, I believe tonight you can see the mind of the church and the fact that we're still kind of hooked on those childish things. We're still easily offended. We're still self-centered and needy. We have short attention spans, and we desire to be amused. But here's what's interesting in Ephesians chapter 4. I believe I marked it. For you. Ephesians chapter 4, listen close what Paul would go on to say. In verse th- number 31, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, here's these words again, be put away from you. It's almost like Paul saying, put away your toys. I- I'm sure mom and dad probably told some of, us, some of you, I don't know if that's told anymore, it may offend our kids if we tell them to put away their toys, but uh, you know, when I was a kid, mom would tell me, put away your toys. Every once in a while, my wife will tell me today, put away your toys. But I don't have as many as I used to have, to be, be totally honest. Paul says, verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Those are childish things. Those are elementary things. Paul says, put those things away and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. How do you go from someone in verse 31 to someone in verse number 32? You grow to that place. You ever see a super Christian, as we call them? I know a lot of super Christians. They're just amazing, awesome people. And I look at them, and I wonder how they got to that place in their life. Can I tell you how they got there? They grew there. They grew to that place. They slowly let God change their mind in the way that they thought, and they put away their toys, 
and started becoming a man, becoming a woman of God. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So number one, our growth determines how we think. You've got to grow in order for your thinking to change. Your thinking is not going to change if you don't grow in the Lord. Second thing, second thing. Paul says, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Number two, our thoughts determine how we live. This is simple stuff. But watch the progression of events. Our growth determines our thoughts. You will, look, you will never grow beyond the way you think. So your growth determines your thoughts. And then notice, our thoughts determine how we live. You know, in the end, if you want to know how somebody thinks, just watch the way they live. Because sooner or later, if you follow somebody around and you watch them long enough, you will be able to see how they think and simply by the way that they live. Because it's going to come out. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks who we are and how we think. It's going to come out. Now, this is why it's vital to get this in order. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I want you to think about this. We know the verse well. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Now, what is that? That's our thoughts. The Bible says, do not lean on what you think and how you think. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, what is the directing of thy path? That's the outcome. If we want the favorable outcome of a directed path by God, we cannot lean on our own understanding. We must lean on his. The problem is most of us think that our way is good enough to get by. My wife had a, a high school teacher, and um, he made a statement to her, and she made the statement to me years later that I thought was, was quite good. He says, you know, everybody, when they walk out of their house in the morning, thinks they look good. Let's be honest. I mean, some of us, not as good as we could, but we do the best we can with what we got. Amen, Brother Carney? We just do the best we can with what we got. But when everybody walks out of their house, they think they look good. Even the guy in the Snoopy pajamas and the bunny slippers at Walmart. He looked at himself before he walked out the house. He did. And he's like, okay, I think, I mean, he thought it was okay because he did it. Okay? Now, folks, understand. The way that we think isn't always right. What blows my mind is how much we trust ourselves. That's what blows my mind. I mean, some folks can't even change a tire, and they think that they've got things figured out to use their thoughts over God's thoughts. Folks, this is scary tonight. Our thoughts determine how we live. So see, it's important to grow because your growth determines how you think, and then how you think determines how you live. It's like a 1956 Greyhound bus slogan. It says, go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. I wasn't around in 1956, but uh, I think it's a pretty good slogan for 2019. Just leave the driving to them. Can I tell you, as a child of God, we should just go with God and leave the thinking to him. Look, he's got it all figured out. Lean not unto thine own understanding. It means do not rest upon and do not trust in. Why? Because Proverbs 14 tells us there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. There is a way that seemeth right. I think this will work. I think this is okay. I mean, you know, those are famous last words. I think this will work. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll hold. I think I got enough gas to get us there. You know, my wife, she likes to drive with the needle full. I like to see how far below the E it'll go. 
our last car was 42 miles. Do you know how I knew that? Brother Monroe run that dude out a few times. You know, I don't have time to stop. I got to get to the hospital. You'd be amazed you can run out of gas. All these little short trips running to town, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I lean into my own understanding, and that's usually how I get it myself heard. And here's the point. There's no point in that. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord, that means his thoughts, acknowledge him. He's got it figured out. There's no figuring required because there is a way that seemeth right into a man. And the Bible says the end thereof are the ways of death. It's not worth the risk. Our thoughts determine how we live. Jeremiah 17, 9, you know the verse well. The Bible says that our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I think it was Jiminy Cricket, and he seems like a decent guy, you know, but I think it was Jiminy Cricket who said, trust your heart and follow your heart. I beg you not to. Because the ways that our heart can produce that we might think we need to go, the Bible says we're trusting a deceitful heart that is desperately wicked. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read something to, for you again. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Listen close to what Paul tells the church at Ephesus. We henceforth be no more children. There's that term again. Children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and doctrine uh, of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. One of the things that breaks my heart is watch people who grow up in a good church and next thing you know, they end up in one of these off-the-wall churches. I mean off-the-wall. And you wonder, how did those people end up there? They never grew up. They never grew up. And the Bible says in verse 14, there are people lying in wait to deceive. They're just ready to go after them. That's why he says that we henceforth be no more children. Paul's saying, church at Ephesus, grow up. We've got to grow up. Why? Because if we don't grow up and grow in our thinking in the way that we think, there are people that are lying in wait to deceive, and I see it happening all the time. Just because you went to Central Baptist School from kindergarten to 12th grade doesn't mean anything if you don't grow up up here. Because the way you think is going to determine how you live. Matthew chapter 25, we know the parable of the talents when the man who had one talent was asked by the master why he did what he did. He says this, I knew thee. You see, here's what happened. He knew what the master told him to do, but he overrode it by what he thought. And he took it and buried it in the ground because he thought that was a good idea. Didn't turn out well for him. You see, his thoughts determine how he lived, and unfortunately, he was thinking the wrong way. The prodigal son, we see him in a hog slop, in the mire, in the stink. Can I tell you what he found there in that, in that stink of that place? He found the end of his way. That was the end of his way. The outcome was a direct result of the action that originated in the mind of the prodigal son. You see how dangerous wrong thinking can be? Because wrong thinking will lead to wrong action. What was the action? He went to his father and demanded his inheritance. He says, give me that portion that's coming to me. And the Bible says he took his journey into the far country. And he wasted his substance on riotous living. How often do we see that? People spend their inheritance, their future, all because their ideas. And then we see the outcome is the end of the idea that they had. Here's what's sad, and I'll hurry. We're supposed to be living a life 
that proves God's way. Now think about that. We're supposed to be living a life that proves God's way is the best way. We're supposed to be living a life that acknowledges him and that leans not into our own understanding. And the outcome is supposed to be something that people look at and desire to have in their life. Be ready always to give an answer of the hope that is in you. Now think about this tonight. How do you see hope in somebody? You see hope come out of them in the way that they live their life. But the sad thing is, instead of going out and living a life that's an example of God's way that works, we go out and we live a life that's an example of a life that's our thoughts that don't work. I mean, I understand that from the lost world. I really do. I understand that from the backslidden Christian. But listen, folks, tonight, if we can't get this, if we can't get to the place to realize that God's got to change our mind so that our actions can be changed, so that our witness can be different, then there is no home. Paul says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. I love Psalms 1830 where the Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. As for God. Now, I don't know about you, but my batting average is not as good as his. My way is not perfect. I, was, I, was really, I paused for my wife to amen right there. I just figured she was going to amen me on that one. I'm 50-50 at best. 50-50 at best. The Bible says that his way is perfect. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 55, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. He goes on to say that his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. Why would we not want the higher road tonight? Why would we want the higher road, his thoughts, and living by acknowledging him that our life could show the fruit that his way works? Our thoughts determine how we live. The last thing I want you to see tonight is probably the most frightening. So our growth determines how we think. Our thoughts determine how we live. And the final reason is probably the most important. How we live determines our reward. How we live determines our reward. Turn to your right to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've got a little time before my voice goes out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse number 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Talking to the church, saved people, the judgment seat is for us. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things, watch that next word, done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That word done that we keyed on there for a moment, that's our actions. The Bible says when we stand there at the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us will receive or be denied reward based on what we did, the actions of this life. Where do actions come from? Your thoughts. So we see that our thought process leads to actions, and our actions are going to lead to an outcome that's not only in this life, but to the judgment to come. This is why this thing of making sure we are thinking correctly is very important. Because not only will people see it in our life, but we'll see it also at the judgment. I was reading this afternoon about Solomon. In Ecclesiastes, we see in chapter 2, Solomon says, I will go and prove with mirth. With pleasure and joy, Solomon says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get things and build things and have things and collect things. And that's chapter 2, but at the end of the book, we see in chapter 12, 
Paul says, uh, uh, Solomon says, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. So the life of Solomon was almost like this one big science experiment. I'm going to go prove with mirth and pleasure and joy and possessions. I'm going to have all of that. And at the end of the experiment in chapter 12, he says, the conclusion of the matter, fear God and keep his commandments. He mentions nothing of all of the pleasures and nothing of all the possessions that he has. And he goes on to say in verse 14, the last verse in chapter 12, he says, for God will bring every work into judgment. God will bring every work into judgment. You know, it's easy tonight to say, well, I think this way. I love, I really do. It just blows my mind how often you can show people things directly out of the word of God. And they're going to tell you how they think instead. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. They'll say, well, I believe this, and I think this, and I'm looking there, and it's like, well, okay, according to the word of God, you're wrong, and they're willing to go on what they think over the, what God says. It's like a bumper sticker I saw one time when I was in college. It says, if you are living like there is no God, you better be right. Profound. If you are living like there is no God, you better be right. If you're banking your life and your eternity on something that you've come up between your ears, you better be right. Can I tell you, it's not worth that for me to be right. Kind of feel like Daniel Webster, he says this, my greatest thought is my accountability to God. My greatest thought is my accountability to God that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10 is going to come to pass. That I will stand before an almighty God. And the outcome of that moment will be based on the actions of this life that originated from the thoughts of my mind. That's why this thing of making sure you are thinking correctly and biblically according to the word of God is vital. Because if you're not thinking right, you're not living right. If you're not living right, this judgment seat's going to be an uncomfortable place for us all. So we see here Paul says, I'm going to stand there. And I know that. I, I believe that's why Paul, as he got ready to have his head chopped off, he said, henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul had been working and striving and living for the outcome. All because on the road to Damascus, he allowed God to change his mind. Paul didn't no normally think that way and originally think that way, but he allowed God to change his mind. And I believe tonight what we need in the church really simply is to allow God to change our mind. Instead of, you know, instead of trying to fix all of the little actions that are wrong, the actions are just originating from a mind. We, matter of fact, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? Let God change your mind. You say, well, I have a brain. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's one of the few times I told the Sunday school class this morning, I don't often want to throat punch people. But when people tell me, I have a brain, well, use that brain to be obedient to the Word of God, okay? You don't have to rethink what God has already nailed down. But God says that His Word, let this mind be in you. Matter of fact, let's turn there. We've got four minutes before the clock counts down. You better hurry, okay? Better hurry. Philippians chapter 2. I went over this morning, but it's okay, right? Amen. Amen. I heard enough amens to feel good about that. Philippians chapter 2. Look down to verse number 5. Real quickly. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It almost sounds like God's telling you how to think. 
I've had people tell me, are you telling me how to live? No, God is. I mean, yes, God is telling you how to live your life. He's telling us in verse 5 how to think. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, watch this, he became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. What was he doing? He was being obedient to his Father's will. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. What kind of a mind was it? It was a mind obedient to the will of his Father. That I'm not going to lean into my own understanding, I am going to acknowledge him in all of my ways. So folks, it's, it's simply this tonight. The root of much of what we fight in the church and we fight as a Christian and we fight in our homes really simply goes back to our thoughts. We think the wrong way. And we think the wrong way and it's proven out because of our actions. Now, here's, here's the good news. We're not at the judgment seat yet because when you get there, it's too late to change your mind. I'll promise you every one of us will want to change our mind when we get there. I mean, even down to little, little things, maybe we would call splitting of hairs. We will be willing to get up there. We will, we will change it all at that moment, but it's too late. Right now is the time to change our mind so that we change the way that we live so that we can change the outcome of our reward. It begins with growth. We've got to grow beyond our thoughts. Allow God to change our mind tonight. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. That's our pianist to come. Heads are bowed.